Welcome to this week's edition of the Better Rivals Podcast. My name is Oscar Aparicio, and this week, the 49ers get a much-needed win. They march into Soldier Field and execute Shanahan's Trey Lance Fever Dream game plan. And with me this week, giving us his suggestion for the 49ers' next Spanish code word, it's David Newman. Wait, did this happen? I missed this. Yeah. I'm so, so the, sad. the, what the was Niners, it? they they get to the line at the end of the quarter or half. I forget exactly which one it is, but Jimmy Garoppolo goes, Andale, Andale. And when my brain finally switched into Spanish, I was like, oh, oh, that's that's a Spanish word. And then they just, they, it was like, you know, trying to get him to jump off the line and, and get a dummy count in there. And, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was great, but I feel like now it's pretty obvious what that, what that code word means. It's like, hurry up. We're going to fake the snap here to try to get them to jump offside. So we got to recommend new ones. We got to give them new Spanish words that are going to feed that code word beast. I mean, this seems right up your alley. I, I look, I've already recommended Garrigiam on Twitter. I've already said that should be the next one. Jimmy Garoppolo should get to the, to the line and go, Giam, Giam. And then, you know, I mean, it'll be great. If he did that, it'd be about as racist as him saying Andale to get up to the yeah. <laughs> So it, it why was not? I mean, his pronunciation was not great. It was definitely on delay. Um, you know, it was like on delay and maybe Tom delay, you know, like all the things, but not you know. Um with, there's a bit more pep in our vocal step right now, David. And we're having a bit more fun. Yeah. We're drinking some Oktoberfest beer. The 49ers won a football game. I know yeah. it doesn't, I don't, you may not remember what this feels like. It's been a month and a bye week. It's been more than a month. And yet here we are. They won a game. They won a game they should win. Doesn't matter. Still feels good. Can't make me less happy. When did you first start actually believing they were going to win the game? That's the question. Now that is a good question. That because is a fantastic it took a question. while for me. I did not think that they were going to win the game until we were deep into the third quarter. Like when they took their first lead, even then I was just like, okay, it feels like they're putting something together. And, and then when they finally forced the bears to punt, I was like, okay, things, things are trending up. And, and yeah, I mean, it did take a while. It wasn't until probably like mid fourth quarter where I, I felt like, okay, this is, this feels like it should feel, which is, you know, it, it speaks to a lot of things, but yeah, it was probably, you know, I started getting the good feels after halftime and then fourth quarter was when I, I, I finally turned it around. Yeah. I feel like it was the, the second Chicago drive that ended in a punt right there, which was like yeah. mid getting to late fourth quarter. Um, and that was the, the drive you had the, the Ebicom sack that kind of ended things on third down and, and led the punt. And that was like the moment where I was like, okay, this, they, they might not be able to screw this one up. So let's start with the defense then, because the, the defense, I, I thought the defense should have a good game against this or a good enough game against the, the bears offense, just based on the state of the bears offense. And, and they made this bears offense look competent. They made them look like they didn't need to punt at all. They, I, I said it earlier, but their first punt wasn't until there were two minutes and 11 seconds left in the third quarter. Justin Fields looked like a good quarterback, and that is not what the Bears offense has looked like to date. So what was it that the Niners defense wasn't doing early in the game that really kept the Bears in it and made them look really good? I think it was a few things. I mean, the the one thing that stuck out to me immediately was like, it just felt like we finally reached the point of attrition in which they can no longer overcome 
all of the the injuries and and just the deficit of talent that they have right now on that side of the ball. I mean, even with Jimmy Ward out there in the secondary, I mean, things were were obviously kind of dire out there. You're down another starting linebacker in this game. Ward leaves in the middle of it. And, And so, yeah, I mean, you're down to basically hoping Bosa does something or hoping Warner does something. And there's not much else there. Uh, that you can really hang your hat on consistently. And so I, I think part of it was that and just not really having the guys out there that you can feel confident is is going to be able to perform at an even decent, you know, competent level. And then I think there's some things about, I mean, we talked a, a little bit in the preview, right, about some of the things that the Bears offensive has been doing. And it, it's been a lot of quick game stuff. You know, they, they haven't necessarily been doing maybe the best job at making things easy for Justin Fields but I think the things that they are trying to do which is is the quick game throws right get the ball out of his hands uh quickly to to these short underneath routes get him on the move with the designed rollouts and the boot game stuff those type of throws I think are just a little bit more open against the 49ers defense because they play a lot of cover three a lot of cover four you have fewer underneath defenders there to kind of take that stuff and, and they really want to play that soft shell force those underneath throws and and come up and try to make tackles and that's kind of their philosophy on that side of the ball and, and so I think it was just that kind of worked into Chicago's favor and they stayed patient early and and Fields did a good job of uh you know making the throws that he had available to him and, and you knew that the the Bears were going to rely on some of that quick game stuff, mostly because that helps nullify the pass rush. It helps nullify the advantage the Niners came into this game with the, against that Bears offensive line. And that's why they've relied on the quick game a lot. It was frustrating to constantly see Fields hit the back step of his drop and just pick the right guy, pick the right receiver and get the ball on target. And, and this is where Fields' accuracy really began to shine. I mean, he was throwing some some really, really accurate, pretty footballs that were getting to the right spot. And, and I thought for a second that he was going to take over this game. I thought that especially on that fourth down or the, the third down, whatever it was, run where the he like, just kind of gets away from Bosa and, and ends up running for the touchdown on third down in the red zone. I thought, oh, no, like this is going to be the Fields' breakout party. And we're just going to be bystanders on this. Uh, and then luckily it wasn't because, you know, you mentioned that a couple people needed to make plays and, and, you know, they did. I think the pass rush started getting there. Um, the blitzes weren't super effective, but there was enough effectiveness in the rush to kind of shut things down. The defense got better against the run in the second half. Yep. Khalil Herbert was not yep. nearly as effective in the second half. And I think that helped tilt things. But I thought we were going to be on the watch Justin Fields break out and break our hearts for a minute there. I mean, that was the the thing I think was was most frustrating watching, right, is um, even on the plays where it looked like the, th- the 49ers had things covered up well on the back end, right, they were good in coverage, maybe they did break through and, and get a little bit of pressure, like, Fields just continued to make things happen with his legs. I mean, the, oh, the scrambles were there. He so frustrating. Up, yeah, his, his, like, rushing line was, like, 10 for 104, and eight of those were, were scrambles. And, and it was just like, he was so effective with them. I mean, he turned, uh, I think he had five of them were, were first down conversions or, or the one touchdown and yeah. And so it was like a situation where even if the blitz would break through and they would get, I mean, there was the one play where Bosa gets uh quick, quick pressure right up the middle and kind of flushes him into Warner. And he just has that spin move that, that you get out of it and, and ends up turning that into a positive play. And so there, there were just like a number of plays like that where even when things were covered up, he was able to to get out and create. And I think that was 
always going to be one of the more exciting things about him. This is one of the things that we've been hoping to see from Trey Lance, right? If and when he gets uh, a more significant opportunity is the just the idea that your offense isn't dead in the water if things don't go exactly as you draw them up, right? And I think that's what was, I think, very impressive from Fields, especially early in this game. But yeah, I mean, even uh, till, till uncomfortably late. I mean, yeah, it was a fourth and one play where he was able to. That play looked fucked. Like honestly, like he he rolls oh, out on the boot, and it should have been dead. Like it, there's no way that yeah, should have. Bosa was right there. Yeah, and, Bosa and was right there. And then, and then you had play. Armstead who had a shot, and it seemed like two or three guys had a shot, and he just wiggled his way out of that. Once he got to the backside, I literally screamed out, "Oh no, it's a touchdown!" As <laughs> soon as he got to the backside of the play, I knew that they had all over pursued this way, yep. uh, or to to the the right side, and then he was going to squirt out the left side and do it. And, he is, I mean, look, he, he's one of the reasons, or, or his performance today is, uh, you saw a lot of the things that we saw when we did a scouting report on Fields and, and liked a lot of his game, thought his accuracy was great, thought his athleticism was, was really going to be an asset. And I thought that they were going to do more design runs. They had a couple design runs. He, he had, I think, going into the game, the, there was a graphic from, from the Fox team that said that he had the lowest number of design quarterback runs. It was like eight. Whereas I think Trey Lance has started it, you know, or played a game and a half and he's already got like 16 or 17. It was like 22. And yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's and he's got eight. I thought, oh, no, if they start hitting some of these zone reads, I mean, the backside's open. You saw just a complete mixed up scrape exchange from the 49ers with Bosa crashing down the line and Marcel Harris. Surprise, surprise. Not scraping over the top. And and yeah, it just it, it could have been way worse. And and then the Niners defense, though, they put it together enough to get past it. And, and a lot of it was getting more stout against the run. Didn't let Khalil Herbert keep them on schedule, which is really good. And the bears also just didn't take a lot of deep shots. This is the problem with consistently trying to play quick game, consistently trying to play underneath is that you don't get chunk plays. You don't get yourself on schedule or, or get ahead of the sticks. And, and ultimately it was playing into the 49ers hands, trying to do another 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 yard drive when time is beginning to expire. Right. I mean, they had Chicago had early, right? Like, I mean, it was nearly four straight drives. Their first drive that ended a field goal was nine plays. And then after that, they had three straight 10 plus play drives. It's it's hard to sustain that. Like it, it just you need so many things to go right and go to your in, in your favor. And some of those, you know, were were held together by some timely penalties. And you just you need a lot of breaks to go your way to get 10 plus play drives every time. Right. And so that's kind of what the 49ers defense banks on is that you can't keep doing that over and over. Right. And and so I think we finally saw that in the second half. Yeah. The run defense was able to, uh, you know, tighten up a little bit and and they did a good job of, of creating some negative plays in there. And then I think we got just enough. I mean, there was so much of this game where fields did look comfortable. And and that was kind of the main thing, right, that we talked about in the preview with him is just like, if you can make him uncomfortable at all, it, whether that's like with pressure or second guess what second guessing what he's seen downfield, like whatever it may be, that was when problems started to happen for him. And so much of this game, we didn't see that, but they got it at it, just some key situations, a couple of key sacks, and, and that was kind of enough. Yeah, one of them was that stunt from Ebukam. And Ebukam, when we broke him down in the offseason kind of free agent acquisition episode, we talked about how his go-to move is really just to kind of try to go speed to power, build up a lot of uh, ahead of steam, and get right into the chest of a player. And that largely wasn't effective for him, but he kept trying it. 
And I feel like on that stunt, he was really going for it. Like he was mad about the roughing the passer penalty that he that he got earlier in the game. And he was, I mean, he like had a head of steam and he was gonna just gear up and knock the hell out of that tackle and just didn't have to. Like he just he squirted it right through him and and got through. But that that kind of power, that weld up rush, I think. Uh, was was enough to get him a free shot at fields and it and it helped a lot man it really did because the blitzing early on didn't look super effective it was something i thought the niners would do often because fields did not perform well against the blitz and they just didn't seem to get home a lot of the time but they did well enough especially late in order to shut down the bears offense now we're going to get to the 49ers offensive resurgence but before we do that we're going to tell you that this week's pod is brought to you by tick pick 49ers football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find 49ers tickets anymore. That's because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Which 49ers are the real 49ers? You can get tickets to see them try to figure it out right before your eyes with home games against the Cardinals or the Rams. You could even be one of the many to scream the name of cult classic fullback Kyle Juszczyk when the 49ers are on the road. Visit TickPick.com rivals today to save $10 on your first order of 49ers tickets. That's TickPick.com rivals. On the flip side, I think the 49ers offense finally clicked against the team where you would expect it to click because they had no star pass rusher. They're running on one starter in the secondary and they were able fi- they were finally able to look like the offense that we saw early on in the year against the, uh, the old Detroit Lions. I mean... If if you didn't get it going in this game, like I don't know, looking at the schedule, what you've got maybe week seventeen against Houston that you're going to have a better matchup than you had uh, in in this game here. So yeah, I think it was it was nice to see, right? Like I, I mean, it was expected. They had to be able to figure something out um, offensively in this game, you know, against a matchup that was just going to be very advantageous for them and I think you you generally just kind of saw the game script fall into place for them right like a lot of the things that have been giving them problems didn't present themselves the the receivers had more room to work you didn't see uh, quite as many throws into tight coverage or as many situations where you had to maybe press a throw into tight coverage right um, Jimmy largely didn't have to deal with a ton of pressure I mean in, in even the pressure that he did face it felt like uh, a lot of the times was late, like it was just because nothing was open downfield, maybe, and and so he's buying time, buying time. You get some late pressure um, that that kind of forces no, also him edge pressure. Around. So like he yeah. was able to step up. He mm-hmm. didn't have to step up into someone's face. He was able to step up and do a clean pocket and continue to to make his reads. And then in the run game, you get um, them really taking advantage of the the lack of edge players that Chicago has defensively, right? No Cleo Mack um, is going to be a huge thing. And, and just generally their edge depth was in a bad spot coming into this game. And so, uh, yeah, they they went at them hard with the outside zone stuff, the, you know, getting the toss out there and making sure that they want to press that edge really hard. And um it was was very effective for them i mean the the ground game really got going in a nice way so yeah it just set up we finally got 
you know, all of the situations, like they've been in so many bad situations because they either can't get things going in the early downs. They end up in these, these clear must pass situations on third long and they just don't have, they're not built to convert there. Right. And, and so we finally got to see them with some run game success. You know, you can start building in some of that other stuff that makes things easier for your quarterback. And, and so just fi- finally felt like all of that kind of came together. Yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo was working in a favorable situation, and he should take advantage of those favorable situations. Chief among them was Debo Samuel going nuts and turning a zero-yard-in-the-air pass into a near touchdown. Like, that was really the moment the game broke open in in a lot of ways. And my fantasy team wished that they would have given him that touchdown, and that's okay. Uh, who, Who would have thought that Jimmy Garoppolo would have scored two rushing touchdowns? One of which was, it should have been a Debo, too. Yeah, the, the that play was, was a direct play. snap to Debo. It was terrible. It was absolutely yep. terrible. Um, it, yeah, it was, you know, Alex Mack is not ready to snap the ball, and Jimmy Garoppolo signals and then has to tell him to stop. I was surprised they didn't get a pre-snap penalty on that. Um, but, you know, it just like it's it was very, very awkward and very, very weird. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo also did produce out of structure the few times he did have to break contain. Teams are now getting wise. I mean, now. They've been this way for a while. With the 49ers preference to throw or Jimmy Garoppolo's preference to throw underneath in the middle of the field when things go crazy or when things go awry. And so you see linebackers really squatting on slants or in breaking routes and they fly to those routes often. And Roquan Smith did that against uh, against Brandon Ayuk. And it looked like it was going to be a quick throw and Roquan Smith flies into that slant area. But Jimmy Garoppolo is able to bail out of the pocket make something happen second chance and throw to Brandon Ayuk near the sideline. It's not something that he has done exceptionally well, really, since like 2017. Um, but on that on that one play, he got back to it. He got back to his roots. Maybe he was feeling that hometown feel <laughs> and, and kept the chains moving. And, and so, you know, he he was definitely playing in the way that Jimmy Garoppolo played for the that, that would, you know, kind of correlate with a 49ers good game. Yeah. And it was we we got back to the passes actually being catchable, right? We they they weren't always the most easy, accurate. buddy. Easy. I was gonna say easy. <laughs> There's like a, like especially on the uh, the throw behind the line of scrimmage to Debo where yeah. he almost got my dude killed like that. I mean, it, he was definitely still feeling his catchable and accurate Jimmy Garoppolo early in the game, but it got I feel like it got a little bit later or it got look, better. It later. was the, I mean we we've been drifting more and more towards just pure and accurate. Right. And, and just not even giving guys a chance. And so we at least got back to because, again, I, I do think there were a lot of situations where guys were more open. Right. I mean, there were were some situations they were just able to create some good matchups. I mean, you had them really like uh, getting some good looks in the slot. Right. There was the one that Hasty has like that edge player that's trying to I forget exactly who it was, but somebody that has to walk out um, when they go empty and he's able to get space and that, there. That ball was behind Hasty and Hasty yeah. still catches it. But you and have, then you got Sanu who like yep. has to jump up and catch that ball on third down to get him in a field goal range like yeah it's- but you have the space to make those adjustments right and that that's kind of the difference when when that same throw happens against a better defense and tighter coverage maybe the defender gets in there and knocks it down or maybe uh he does enough to like you know mess up the receiver's arms to where he can't bring it in cleanly like you get a lot more things that are that are introduced there that lead to more opportunities for bad things to happen for the 49ers right and so when suddenly you get back to them creating and finding space in the middle of the field 
Jimmy doesn't have to be perfect, right? And and that's kind of where I, I think that's the best case that you can hope for him right now is if you give him these easy throws in the middle of the field, if he can be accurate enough to just get it on the guys, like that's that's the best you can hope for right now. And when you look at Jimmy Garoppolo's throws in the middle of the field under 20 yards, which is the area that he loves to live in, he was 12 for 17 for 165 yards. And then you add the one bonkers kind of thing that Debo puts on his back and ends up getting, you know, what was like 85 or whatever yards. Yeah, 80, 83, um, I think. Yep. 83 yards where uh, 84 of them were all because of Debo <laughs> because <laughs> he got the ball like one yard behind the line of scrimmage. And then the deep throw to, to Debo, which that was legitimately a good throw on target on the right spot. Look like throwing it inside because the defender was outside. Like that was beautiful. It was good. And, and on that respect, I think we'll give all the credit to Jimmy Garoppolo. But that basically, I mean, that's how you get over 300 yards. Your receiver helps you out. You make a really good decision. And then you feast in the middle of the field. That's the Jimmy Garoppolo the Niners need in order to continue to win games, especially when the run game is finding the success on the edges that it found against the Bears. He did get away with, uh, I mean, look, a lot of positive things from Jimmy. This was overall a good Jimmy game. Um, did get away with one dropped interception again. So can't keep that that clean sheet on the uh the turnover where they play is more than likely so he yeah is I jimmy think, garoppolo after all yeah ex- exactly only so much that you can expect out of him but yeah i i think um again overall things just kind of worked out and fell into place for for this offense to be able to do the the handful of things that they can really do well right now and and i think you really need a, a positive game script to go your way for those things to happen right if you get into those third and longs it's just not happening for them. And Brandon Ayuk got some meaningful targets. Yes. Uh, Shanahan in his postgame presser said that this was Ayuk's, quote, best game of the year. And I'll be I'll be interested to see what his game looks like on the All-22. Because, look, I mean, for, this is first impression TV tape. I'm super excited, riding high kind of analysis here. But I don't know that that game was appreciably better. This was uh, his, his last best game of the year because or... you actually threw him the ball. <laughs> that was the difference in this game is that you pretended <laughs> oh, like he goodness. existed. Yeah. Yeah. Although they, he still tried to go to Mohamed Sanu on third down you on times. another over the middle. Yeah. A couple times and nothing screams just just complete third down target like Mohamed Sanu. Like, a I mean, nothing else Mohamed on your team. Yeah. <laughs> Um, my goodness unintended shots at Muhammad Sunil. look man you're just we all reach you know the, he caught the a couple strays careers that we, we've all <laughs> got those better days in the rear view you know at some point in our life and uh I we're I going to change feeling. when you know when when it gets ready to leave uh when we get ready to leave the podcast game <laughs> we're gonna change the, po- the the podcast name from better rivals to better days just for the last year <laughs> <laughs> just better days are behind us man this is you know this is a young oh, man's shit. game and yeah. we're over here thinking about what halloween costumes we're gonna put on our daughters as we go troll the neighborhood for candy that we're gonna eat because let's be real our, right. our our daughters are not yet a year and a half and we're not giving them candy right candy. now Fuck no. so this whole bucket of candy is what is basically our prize it's our prize for winning this football game it's our prize for being dads it's gonna be delicious candy it's gonna be wonderful Looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. <laughs> um, a couple of odds and ends from this game. Um, Josh Norman. He's got a new album. It's going to drop in December. It's called P.I.s and Peanut Punches. 
That is all my man is good for. And and that one interception though, man, he's gonna. That is like his Al Bundy moment. That's him. He's gonna be like, yeah, did you see that interception? Closed out that Chicago game. That one INT where I didn't get a pass interference penalty. Yeah, because um, he wasn't even like. I mean, good on him for you know trying to find work and and get back there. Like, uh, I mean, wasn't that that wasn't really necessarily his guy from as much as I can tell. Like, so I mean, it was Tavon Wilson there that was really in coverage and yeah, got very fortunate. It looked like Fields um, had something happen there. I didn't I didn't quite get a see a great look at it, and I don't think they showed any replays that focused on that element of was all stuff down uh, at the catch end of things but yeah it looked like something kind of affected the throw a little bit right before it came out and so it was underthrown and yeah just fortunate spot ball bounces off the receiver's hands and and there you are like props you know seals the game I'll take all it. my man does is force turnovers that's all i will say uh <laughs> you know be as committed to your partner as the 49ers are to josh norman that's all I'm saying. Like it is, it is in unhealthy I, level of. I was going to say that sounds borderline abusive. I don't know if I'm ready to yeah. to co-sign. <laughs> well, that. I'm I'm not saying be Josh Norman and punch things. I'm saying be committed, like the Niners staff is. You know, that's uh-huh. all. You're, you're like, stop trying to twist it, David. Jesus. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, best thing you can do as a running back is be elusive, aka break tackles. I was going to say and be Khalil- cheap, but that's like, that's a solid number two. <laughs> Khalil Herbert is elusive. That guy breaks tackles. Uh, He broke a lot of tackles, and not just Marcel Harris's tackles. There were a couple of times where, I mean, he was stiff-arming people. He was just kind of getting through a couple of arm tackles. He uh, he was fun to watch. It sucked that he was on the other team, and and I'm glad that he luckily was not hurt and he came back into the game. Um, But he, um, yeah, that was that he he was shifty. Yeah, I mean, that was really uh, like look. I haven't spent a lot of time watching the Chicago Bears this year other than uh, a little little bit here before this game, and that was mostly passing game stuff. So, yeah, I hadn't really gotten too many good looks at him, and he was. He was a fun player to watch, and, yeah, I'm glad they finally figured out a way to slow him down towards the end because they they had some success early for sure. Debo Samuel already has a career-high number of receiving yards, 819 receiving yards, on the season that is the third time this season he has over 150 yards in one game he had 189 at detroit he had 156 against seattle and he had 171 against the bears that is bonkers flat out bonkers he now i think is ahead of jerry rice for most number of receiving yards over the first eight games I mean, it is it is ridiculous how much Debo Samuel has bailed this team out, and it is fun to watch him play. It was nice to see him. I mean, Greg Olson made this point, you know, like it, it's good to see him not be somebody that's getting down when he makes mistakes early. I mean, the drops early were were not ideal. Um, and, you know, that's been kind of a thing throughout the season, right? I mean, I think they mentioned it at one point that he leads the NFL in drops, right? So... Uh, it's, it's been a little problematic. We know he's had some, uh, inopportune fumbles, but he just continues to like, not let those bad snaps affect him and, and find a way to be. Sometimes this offense is only, uh, 
reliable player, right? That can do anything of note and and just kind of sometimes create some things out of nothing. I mean, there was the one, uh, the other, I think it was a third down catch too. One of the ones that Jimmy was like, was hanging on to the ball for a long time, like is it, had a bunch of time in the pocket and uh, they throw it up to him and he just like kind of snags it from a contested situation, like uh, an off target throw that he's able to pull in and, and he moved the sticks. So uh, yeah, he's been, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch him and see him do also more than just like jet sweeps constantly and, and, you know, just get more stuff in there and add more to his game. It's been great. Even Jimmy Garoppolo was tired of seeing Debo Samuel catch jet sweeps. And he was like, no, 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 no. I got this one. <laughs> I got it. It's cool. It's all me. Uh, a note to football announcers everywhere. When a ball carrier stood up, and everyone circles around him and carries him forward for more yards and or a touchdown, as the Niners did with Elijah Mitchell today. It is a mall, not a scrum. It's a mall. A scrum is totally different. In rugby, a scrum, and that, so scrum is actually short for, like I think, scrummage, which is where the word scrimmage comes from. It's That's the line stupid. of scrimmage. So The look, line of scrimmage? I, I don't make the rules. It's not the line of scrimmage. It's just called scrummage. But the, the thing is, is that... Those people just bump up against each other, right? So offensive line, defensive line play, that's a scrum. When you push them in, like that is legit full on. a mall. It's a mall. All I'm saying is know some rugby. Play some rugby. Rugby's fun. I played rugby in college, so this feels this feels personal, is all I'm saying. I'm saying. Uh this <laughs> look, you, you you don't know what soapbox you're gonna jump on until you jump on it and I'm on this soapbox. Okay? <laughs> uh this comes from Matt Mayoko, Joey Sly has attempted 82 extra points in his NFL career. He has missed 10 of them. He is one for three with the 49ers. Two things jump out about that stat. One, the 49ers have only <laughs> attempted three extra points. <laughs> that's Since not he's great. been in there, yeah. That's, that's, not, that's not awesome. Um, and, and yeah, and, and the other is that he's missed as many as he has. That's, that's not great. He's going to be cut as soon as Robbie Gold comes back. And you know what? He deserves it. <laughs> Usually, uh, I'm the one that, you know, is going after guys' jobs and being inappropriate. But, hey, yeah. I'm here for it. Uh, Joey Sly, like, I, I had never really taken a good look at Joey Sly until they cut to him on the sideline at the end of this game. And with, like, the longer beard and the fade and the longer hair on top, my dude looks like he enjoys just a nice double dry hopped IPA. With with the boys, you know, before he <laughs> takes notes about his performance in his moleskin with a felt tip pen and an ink pad, just taking notes analog. Mitch left the laces in again. Damn it. <laughs> my suspenders were too tight. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the way my man looks. That's the vibe he's bringing. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll end on a good note. Shanahan said that he expects both George Kittle and Robbie Gold back next week. And that's how we get One ready for... One of those for, things is great. That's how we get ready for the Arizona Cardinals. Back into the thing. Cool. Games where maybe the Niners will not be favored. Cardinals and the Rams. Uh, and, uh, and that's where we'll end. We'll have our Thursday preview. We'll have a Patreon video here pretty soon. As a matter of fact, David, tell them all about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Better Rivals. You get the live streams videos and, and you know what if if doing it live isn't your thing you can go back and watch the videos later on demand it's premium service okay some youtube on does demand. it all for us it's, 
Hulu, Netflix, and us. <laughs> and better rivals. Patreon. Uh, you get the weekly video breakdowns. You get the Discord. All right? Had a lot of fun in there. Game day, mostly expecting the Niners to lose until it was clear that they wouldn't. And uh, that's where we're at right now as a group. But hey, get a, get a share in that with some others. Do it. Buy us a beer. Support the pod. You can find me, Snatching Chains, much like Debo, on Twitter, at Better Rivals. Thanks again for tuning in. Have a happy Halloween. And as always, go Niners. Go Niners.